views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I right, shout out, Mr. Benny. How you be? Be be, uh, be pretty good there, Pat. Yeah, boy, we're just kicking it up today, aren't you, we? You know it. I know. Just having fun. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Uh, a little bit of everything. Kind of did a little, uh, you know, relaxing. Then I took the boys down and we saw uh, the pirates, the Seafair Pirates landing at Alki, which was kind of fun. Yeah, boy. It kicks oh, off the good. whole Seafair, you know, month on its way for its big for Seattle it. area. So, you know, the hydroplanes and all that. The Blue Angels. Oh, I can go on and, on and on and on. But, yeah, uh, good times. Great for weather for, the, for And I got to tell you, for anybody that has heard us say that our summer doesn't start till after the 4th of July, no matter how much you want it to, <laughs> it is true. It is true. Yeah, for the most uh, part. Yeah, for the most part. I agree with Benny. But, hey, everybody, welcome. You know, I got to tell you, um... I've been doing this 15 years, uh, and what is the it? So 15 years ago, I had an awakening. I was in the middle of a mental and an emotional crisis with my life. And myself, my whole, you know, my upbringing, very prone, very prone to depression, to defeat. But the good news is, along the way, I learned some tools. And so on a, on a somewhat historic day, I dial a wrong phone number and I buy my first area of airtime and I never look back. And we are now three months away from the launch of a 10 channel network that is beyond anything that I can imagine because I have a great team here that put it together. But along the way, I wanna talk about this, along the way, It hasn't been without fear, without doubt, without circumstance, without questioning things, uh, without courage, and without a reminder of the fact that I am a spiritual being. And so today, I get to talk to someone that has been part of this journey for me You know, somebody that has been out in the world that understand what it means to go on the journey, what it means to take the steps, sometimes stepping in a few potholes. But when all is said and done, James Arthur Ray, one thing that he and I know for sure is that there's a level of truth to ourselves that we must be. 
Today, we're, we're here to talk with him about a topic that got my attention, and he graciously agreed to come on and talk about mental illness versus circumstance. Knowing the difference is crucial. And this comes from a very successful life and business coach, entrepreneur, leader in the human potential arena. He's been on all of the television shows that I put on my vision board, but I'm not quite there yet. Maybe he can coach me and help me help me with that. Uh, but today we're taking on this conversation. Uh, James, wow, it's so good to be connecting with you again. Well, well, likewise, Pat, and I really, really appreciate uh, everything you've said. And I think the topic is imperative in today's world. So I'm, I'm blessed and, and excited to be here. Um, let's talk about this. I, I shared with you and I have shared with my listeners that I am a child of a parent that took her own life. And, you know, did so and had all of the signs of depression, of being, you know, held back emotionally, of being somebody out of the box that didn't fit in the box, but was, temp you know, told to be in the box. I lost uh, my, my mom at a very young age. I lost my sister uh, at a young age on a hospital floor. Uh, and I lost two other sisters from drugs and alcohol. So here we sit to talk about what it is we need to shine a light on and what it is we need to do. Because there is a difference between mental illness and circumstance, and there is a way out. Thank you for this topic. Yeah, and, and I want to you know go on record right up front here and say I'm obviously not a medical professional mm -hmm. and I want to to highly acknowledge and strongly acknowledge that there are medical issues that are mental and chemical mm -hmm. and those need to be addressed and yeah. I think it takes a tremendous amount of courage sometimes you know you, you say I believe you said that sometimes we tend to sweep these things under the rug and for yeah, me yeah. I think I think we need to lift the rug because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, Pat, what I've dealt with over the last nine years, and yeah. I've, I've been on a journey through hell, literally my own yeah. hell, yeah. and and I, I, I had the courage coming out of prison in 2013 to say, I need some help to integrate and process this. Now, it would have been really easy for me you know, from some egoic perspective to say, well, I'm the guy that helps everyone else process things, and I can't, I can't do this because what's it going to look like, feel like, what's it going to mean, et cetera. And, and so I'm here to acknowledge today that sometimes we do need that, and, and yet not always. So that's, that's mental illness, and there are varying degrees of that. And we can yeah. talk about what I find to be some of the determining factors as to whether it is mental illness or circumstances. Yes. But there is, a, you're right, there is a way out, and we need to, to, to really address this because more people die of suicide today, uh, Pat, than 
die of terrorism, war, and crime combined. And, and, yeah. and yet you turn on the news, and all we're talking about is is terror and crime and war. No one's talking about these issues. And every 16 minutes in today's world, someone is committing suicide. And for everyone who is successful, there are 20 people who attempt and are not successful. So this is an epidemic, and it's only growing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that, because my mom attempted. My, my first time around with my mom... Uh, attempted it. And what I found out years later was she attempted it by, you know, putting putting down a, a bottle of pills, right? Uh, and, and, and failed at it. And the reason I know about my mom is because she wrote letters to my dad uh, and they're gut-wrenching letters to my dad, gut-wrenching letters about, you know, my dad, my dad's behavior. And my stepmom, I got to bless my stepmom she kept those letters, and when my dad passed on, just handed them over to me. But, you know, this is such an important conversation. I don't know if you know this now, but in June, the latest suicide report for the U.S. came out. And it is exactly what you have said. It is uh, increasing across all the categories. And the question really is, what the heck is going on, James? Well, here's here's my take on it. And okay, I'm very, very passionate about it. And, again, I believe it needs to be addressed. We, we don't so much have a, an economic crisis in our world. We don't so much have an environmental crisis or a crisis of terror. What we have is a crisis of meaning. And... And that's the ultimate, the ultimate cause in my, mm -hmm. in my understanding and perspective. And I've been really blessed, Pat. You know, I've worked with over a million people from mm -hmm. 145 different countries around the world. And one of the, the single most common question asked of me, bar none, is what's my purpose? What's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? Or some derivation thereof. And we have been conditioned by a materialistic, uh, money-driven machine that has not encouraged us to find meaning. And we've been conditioned to believe that more money and more materialism is going to bring meaning, but it's not. I mean, with all due respect, you look at Kate Spade, who sold her company for billions, mm. right? Anthony yeah. Bourdain, I'm sure, I don't know what his net worth was, but he certainly oh. had, you know, multiple millions, if not, if not, you know, certainly multiple millions. Robin Williams, mm -hmm. we could go on. And the yeah. point is that I've had a lot of those things. Um, I was very blessed economically, and if, if that's all that I had when that was taken away, which it was in 2009, uh, I would have been nothing. If that was who I was, I would have been nothing. It was my meaning and purpose that I clearly defined that helped pull me through. And that's what I'm so passionate about in my career and in my life today, is to help people find that and to say there's hope. Because when you lose all any glimmer of hope, then you lose your zest for life. And And... You know, I'll say this and then I'll stop and, and let you interject, but, but <laughs> hope for me, 
hope for me is being able to wake up today and say and have even a sliver of an idea that tomorrow can be better than today. And if I have even a sliver of that, then I still have hope. If I don't have any of that, then I can really get sucked down the drain of what's the use. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something, James, that I heard you say, uh, and I apologize if I misquote you, but it's something like, you know, that we don't have an economic crisis, we don't have an environmental crisis, energy crisis, crisis of terrorism. What we have is, is so much more. We have a crisis of meaning. And that was the case with my mom. You know, my mom was so far ahead of her time that she said to my dad, you, she was a fascinating entrepreneur, said to my dad, you need to get me a store so that I can have some meaning in my life, purpose in my life. And when things started to shut down, you know, there was a crisis of meaning for her in so many ways. And it is true of the time we're living in now, I think more so than ever. And I, I would love to know about your view on that, that statement that I hope I didn't butcher completely here that I, I, I think you said. <laughs> no, you actually, you, you said it, uh, you actually quoted it perfectly, and thank you, thank you for that. Um, and, and let me just add to that, we do have an environmental crisis, and, and we do, you know, have some ener energy issues. And so I'm not saying those aren't real and that we should ignore them. What I am, am saying is that the crisis of meaning is the absolute biggest crisis in my opinion, uh, in the world today, and no one is talking about it. And, and so we really have to take a step back, and particularly in this very dynamic and disruptive market in which we live, you know, Forbes magazine is telling us that 50% of the salaried jobs are going to be gone by 2010. Well, that, that, that's mm -hmm. two years away. Now, even, even if they're aggressive, which they might or might not be, Let's say it's 30%. There's still, that's still a lot of jobs. And so what that means for us in today's world is that we're going to have to figure out how to reinvent ourselves, how to find meaning, how to be optimistic. And there's so much research out there by Angela Duckworth on grit and by Mar Marty Seligman um, in positive psychology around optimism. And those qualities and characteristics, yes, there are tendencies through through our genetics and through our upbringing, but they can be overcome. You know, I mean, people who are born of parents who are using drugs and alcohol and, and other mm -hmm. substances automatically have a challenge when they're born because those things genetically are in your system. And yet, what epigenetics teaches us is that your genetics can be overcome. It takes the understanding and the discipline and awareness to, to make that happen. And that's where I wrote the article about, is this really mental illness or is this circumstance? Right. Right. You know, I, I have to tell you this, James. I, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. But um, I have a, a, a publishing company what wants me to take my research and write a book on it. Now, here's what I know. I did this research. I spent eight years studying this. 
I did this research. I did postdoctoral, uh, what do you call it, papers on it, won awards for it. And I was so depressed with studying the consequences of broken promises for eight years. It was one of the hardest things I had ever done in my life. And believe me, I was homeless at 17. And I'm saying, talking 1,200 pages of interview notes, talking with people whose circumstances, James, circumstances changed drastically and put them in a state that cannot be explained by mental illness. And we are just not listening to those folks. Well, I agree. And, and I'm certainly not in a, in a I, I have extreme uh, compassion for you and anyone who goes through difficulty. Uh, and, you know, just to your point, I was homeless and $20 yeah. million dollars in debt at 55. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so literally homeless. I, I went, you know, from, from Beverly Hills and everyone loved me to homeless and yeah. it felt like everyone hated me and yeah. $20 million in debt. And nobody, twenty million is gonna is gonna choke anyone, much less you know all the programming around. Hey, you're fifty five years old. You you should have a nest egg and be looking towards mm-hmm. kicking back. Well, well, here's the situation though, and this is the great gift in the pain, is that that's what our world is dealing with. Because going back to this Forbes projection, yeah. you know, of fifty percent of the jobs, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard yeah. in your 30 to reinvent yourself and to get, you know, have to start a new career, much less in your 50s. It feels next to impossible. Oh, and my God. here I am. Yeah. You know, and, and here I am, by God's grace, and literally with the tools that I have, have taught and studied and practiced and utilized for a major portion of my life, I really believe, Pat, that I'm better equipped to help people in this situation in today's world because I've been through it, because otherwise it's just a book report, right? Um, And you can tell the difference between a um, a real life advice or real life experience versus a book report. And so, you know, here's what I would say first and foremost. And and here's my what I said in the article, which I'm I you may have read. I think I said yeah. I, I've written actually several articles because I got a lot of requests to put out the press release. But but here's here's the three differentiating factors in my experience between mental illness versus circumstances is their frequency, duration, and consistency. And and let me break those down because Please. we all have depression. We all have depression. And anyone who tells you that they're never depressed is either selling you a bill of goods or they're just not being honest with themselves. And there's a tremendous amount of denial in personal development and spiritual development. I'm sorry. Um, mm. Everyone has it because, because that's part of the human experience. And what we have to understand, Pat, is that depression is the polar opposite of expression. And so if we can view our depression and be honest about it, not run from it, not drink it away, not TV it away, not sex addict it away, not busy it away, 
not personal development away, not meditated away, because all of those things are escape mechanisms, and some are more healthy than others, obviously. But if we can just acknowledge it and be with it, then we'll realize that the reason we have depression is because there's something that is suppressed that's wanting to express, if you follow that. Yeah. And, and so going back to your mother, you know, I need my shop. I need a business because I have <laughs> something that's wanting to express that is not expressing. And if I can't express it, then I'm going to feel depressed. And, and so the charge for all of us is to find a way, find first and foremost, acknowledge that depression, and then find what's being suppressed that's wanting to express, and then find a way to express it. And, and then, you know, someone may say, well, James, easy, easy for you to say, because it takes money to have a shop. Well, that's true. And if you get down to the fundamentals of what you're wanting to express, there are ways to do that that don't cost money. There's always ways to express that spirit within you, and, and I, you know, I really appreciate you started off the show by saying that we are a spiritual being, which mm-hmm. we are, and spirit has one objective, fuller expansion, experience, and expression. And, and we know that because even our universe is growing. Hubble Telescope tells us our universe is expanding faster than it's ever expanded in our recorded history. It's expressing more fully and fully and fully. So spirit, that's the only thing we know about spirit. By the law of correspondence, we look out and we see within, and we say, you know, the spirit within me wants to fuller expand, experience, and express. So I have to find a way to express that, and if I don't, then it's suppressed, and I'll find myself depressed. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And and one of the things that I, I really want to touch upon and get back to is, you know, the life journey that, you know, both of us have gone on differently, different events, right? But we've gone on a journey. And and let's say we've had some potholes along the way that have literally caused some trauma in our lives. But here you and I are today. So let's talk about that. My mom used yeah. to say, my stepmom now used to say, with her southern accent, lo- love this woman. She say, honey, if it don't kill you, it's going to make you stronger. Oh, look out, world. Here you come. And she would say right. that, and I never got it until it became real. Do you find you're stronger today in the world and are are more and have found more meaning in your message than ever before? Yeah, I'm, I'm a man on fire. Um, more so than ever, because I, I know the pain. And, and, you know, whether we like it or not, pain is the mother of all growth. You know, pain is not a signal to suffer. It's a signal to grow. You know, pain is potential weakness leaving the body. And if we can, mm-hmm. if we can find, find the purpose in our pain, then we can transmute that into power. And, and so, for me, what I had to do is I had to find purpose in my journey. And, you know, I, even if I have to make it up, you know, people say to me, well, how do you know that, that your 
journey meant that? Or how do you know that your purpose mm. is that? And I say, it doesn't really matter. If, even if you make it up, if you can believe it, it will change your life and you operate from it. And, and mm-hmm. so here's the bottom line is we grow the most in the crucible of challenge. Yeah. And there's, you know, I was blessed to talk to Dr. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, who wrote the book Flow yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, and, I went to school and, with him. I went to school down oh, there. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome research on the technology of, of happiness and fulfillment. And, yeah. you know, I believe he surveyed over 150 million people in countries all over the world and found that we are our happiest and most fulfilled when we're tackling big challenges. Yeah. And, and let's go back again to socialized mind, what Robert Keegan from Harvard calls socialized mind, tells us that we want easy street. You know, we're someday going to arrive at a place where bees don't sting us and nothing ever goes wrong, right? And, and <laughs> you know, we make loads of money and we sit back and drink margaritas. Well, Dr. Csikszentmihalyi's work proves that's when we're most bored out of our gourd. You know, it, we're, we're, we think that's going to be romantic and we just are going to take vacations and, and do much of nothing and have this, quote, passive income. And, and that's the biggest lie that's ever been sold. And so consequently, because we're, we're looking at, at social media, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of social media. It's a, it's a great tool used properly, and yet, you know, every light has a dark. And the dark side of social media is that everyone's life is perfect and wonderful, and they all have a new car and a new house and a perfect family. Well... I call BS on that, right? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. because, you know, that's called, and research is proving that that's causing more depression than it is happiness as well, because we're in this comparison mindset of why is my life so screwed up and theirs is so perfect. So I, I'm kind of going on so many tangents here, but as, as you no, well but know, you're Pat, absolutely it's, it's right. a deep, yeah. it's a deep well, topic. Oh, it's a deep topic, and that's why, uh, you know, for me, it. you and I, um, I, I, I posted something, and I said, James and I are getting real about pain, uh, uh, about our lives, and about our passion, because I don't think anyone will deny the fact that you've probably been called highly creative, you know, an amazing entrepreneur. I've been, I've had corporate performance reports say, I think in a good way, that I'm from another planet. And so here we are. I, I, I really think I am, you know, like one of those. Uh, uh, you know, I kind of see it as a compliment now, you know what I mean? It was like yeah, a good performance I, review, right? No, no, uh, one, no one who is normal ever made history, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be we don't want to be normal. But don't you think those of us that are in that arena, that energy, that that let's just call it force, when we are cut off from it or cut off from the experience of it, from an outlet for us to do good things in the world, when we are cut off from that, I don't know about you, but man, I suffered. 
in my life in those days. I suffered when I settled for a job that I really didn't want. I mean, so much so that, James, when I started this 15 years ago and started to doubt myself, six months later, I came down with a mystery disease. I just don't want to live my life like that anymore. And now you're out in the world helping others not to live that life. Well, thank you. And you're right. I, you, what we forget <laughs> is that the word passion is Latin for suffering. <laughs> and and so so everyone's like you know I'm passionate I'm passionate and and I've even said that here today and yeah. follow your passion follow your passion and what we're really saying is follow your suffering follow your suffering you you will <laughs> suffer for your mastery you will suffer for your mastery but there's a salvation in suffering because so, su- suffering pulls away the layers of BS and gets you to the core of what's really, truly important. It's like a purging fire, if you will. And and I, I totally agree with you. There, there's no more suffering than I could imagine than knowing with absolute clarity what your gifts are and your purpose is, and then have it yanked away from you. Right. And, and that's what happened. That's what happened with me. Yeah. So I was, you know, people used to say to me, well, what are you going to do next, James? I'm like, this is it. This is my purpose. I'm not doing anything else next. This is it. This is why I'm here. And then all of a sudden, you know, because of a horrible accident, which broke my heart, by the way, you know, I cared for those three people. And I spent intimate, deep, conversational time with those people. And, And that would have been, the pain of that would have been overwhelming in and of itself, but it didn't end there. It just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And and so I had a conversation last night, and someone said to me, you know, I can understand depression, and I can understand, you know, uh, pain, but I really, I just can't understand someone taking their own life. And I said, mm. I can. Yeah. I can. You yeah. know, because I never attempted, but there were days, Pat, where I was in the fetal position in bed, and I happen to believe in reincarnation. I, I can't prove it, but every every tradition, for the most part, believes in it, and it, it just makes sense because science tells us energy can never be created or destroyed. So, mm-hmm. so there were days when I laid in bed in the fetal position and just said, God, please take me, because I can't take this anymore. And fortunately, God didn't listen. <laughs> you know, because I'm really happy that I'm still here. And, and you know, God didn't listen because I still had had something to accomplish. And that's a critical point. If As you listen to us today, I don't care where you are in your life. You have not completed your mission. Yeah. You know, no matter how tough it is, no matter how ugly it is, no matter how hard it is, I believe that when you complete your mission, you will then go. And the fact that you're listening to us today means you have a purpose for being here, because every single entity in this universe has a purpose. And if it doesn't have a purpose and it doesn't provide value, then it becomes extinct. And that's just a fact. So so take heart, and I'm not going to minimize your pain or your suffering, trust me, I know what it feels like. 
Yeah. And yet what I'm going to promise you is that scars are a symbol of strength. Your scars mm-hmm. are a symbol of your strength. And if you just keep moving forward and keep the faith and keep even a shred of hope, eventually it will start to become more clear. And, and, you know, I want to talk about that when we come back, James, because, you know, there are things that you've learned and how to thrive in what some people are calling a crazy, disruptive, what the you know what is going on world. And yet and yet we have within us the ability to not just survive, but beyond that to thrive when we come back. James Arthur Ray is in the house. We're going to find out what are those things. And if you want to find out more about James, let me make sure everybody out there, you can go to his website, jamesray.com. And that's the best place for folks to go, uh, right? Uh, jamesray.com. And when you go there, you're going to find out about his coaching, about his books, uh, how to connect with him directly. Uh, And by the way, check out his blog. You know, because if we weren't talking about this today, I had something else I was going to talk to him about in his blog. Let's take a short break, everyone. When we come back, we're going to talk about how do we get, how do we get and stay in the thriving zone? We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Barbara Scheidegger, clinical hypnotherapist and founder of Swiss Hypnotherapy. And this is a tip with purpose. When the old anger and stress are triggered, stop, breathe. See what you're doing and tell yourself no more. Breathe and walk away. See your anger for what it really is. It's quite destructive. Don't take excuses for excuses. Take more of yes, I can and move forward. I hope this tip helps you going through the day today, you can reach me at 323-999-4775 or at my website at theswisshypnotherapy.com and write me an email and I give 30 minutes free consultation. Hypnotherapy is there for you. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit SpiritFireRetreatCenter.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. Could you swim with sharks? Is fear holding you back from living your life? The time is now to jump in and be courageous. Shelly Ryan has created a retreat to help you move past your fears with confidence. 
Join her June 30th through July 7th in Mexico. Have some fun, relax. Plus, you'll have the opportunity to be courageous with a whale and shark adventure. For more information, visit yournextchaptercoaching.com. The truth is funny. Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Pat. For more information about me, you can go to the drpatshow.com uh, or you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. For James, you can go to jamesray.com, and that is uh, as well on Facebook uh, and Twitter. And uh, on Instagram, it's James Arthur Ray. Uh, all of the above. So if you go to his website, there are going to be a lot of ways for you to connect uh check in take a look at what you know he's bringing to the world and tap into that which is inside of you and really get it going to the level you want it to be at because james we were talking about that during the break is when i was contemplating settling really and that that's my word i was contemplating settling and going back to a corporate job which i wasn't a good fit for to begin with but it just hurt my heart. And I don't know that that hurt would have gone away. It, it probably wouldn't have. And, and that's, and, you know, if we want to circle back past yeah. to this growing epidemic of yeah. people taking their own lives and mm-hmm. an increasing depression, you know, even research tells us that about 70, 75% of entrepreneurs experience uh, depression on a regular basis. And we're in the age of the entrepreneur. About 95% of the clients I work with are entrepreneurial. And so many people on payroll want to romanticize that being an entrepreneur is, is you know, all working from home and I'd make my own schedule and I, you know, I make my own hours. And nobody tells me what to do. Well, you know, I can give you a real reality pill on 100-hour weeks and seven-day weeks um, that it takes. And, and I'll just tell you, you know, Bill Gates didn't take one day off for six years when he was building Microsoft. So mm-hmm. <laughs> let, let's not romanticize <laughs> it, and let's not wish for easy. What we need to wish for is strength, and yeah. what we need to wish for is is meaning. And, you know, I work really hard, Pat, but I say it's hardly work because I'm working right now, and I'm, I work, you know, all the time, if you will, but when it is your purpose and it is your meaning and your reason for being, then it's it's not it's hardly work, if you will. It, it's right. miserable to to you know work long hours for someone else's dream, and it, and it can be magical to work for your own. So long long answer to your comment, but I I would contend that you're right that 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 pain that you we're experiencing of going back to a corporate job would probably not have gone away. And so many people are experiencing this depression and, and to the extreme taking their own life because they don't know how to deal with that pain anymore. And they've thrown every bandaid on it, including billions and billions of dollars. And it's not going to go away. 
until we yeah. address the cause. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that this uh, the latest research did get clear about, uh, James, and we and, you know, you mentioned, I think earlier, I think you you mentioned Kate Spade is that uh, Kate was not counterintuitive to a trend. What we're finding now is where most suicides in the past have been mostly with men. Uh, this, I believe, is the first time that women uh, have uh, uh, scored higher in this. And so there's uh, so many reasons that people are looking at for this. But I don't think that we are really getting at uh, the, the stress and the strains of life. And we kind of no. blow by it these days, but we're not talking about that. I I totally agree. And, and let me let me digress, if I may, back yeah, to something yeah. I threw out, and and mm-hmm. and then we I went off on another, or you went off on another, <laughs> whatever. But but what I want to say to you as a listener today is how. And let me give you a way that I have found to differentiate between. Do I have a real mental, physiological issue versus is it circumstances? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this is, is a quick check for you to put into play. First of all, what's the frequency of, let's call it, your frustration or depression? What's the frequency? Is it, is it three times a day? Is it mm. one time a day? Um, what's the duration? How long does it last when it occurs? And then what's the consistency? The consistency is, does it happen every single week? Does it happen every other week? Does it, you know, happen once a month? If you look at frequency, duration, and consistency, if the higher those numbers are, then it's highly probable that you really need to seek professional help, in my opinion. If if the numbers are lower on frequency, duration, and consistency, and of course these are all subjective, but I'm just attempting to give you some kind of measurement, then it could be it could be a romanticized illusion, which we're all conditioned with in socialized mind that we you know, if we look at social media, everybody's got a better life than I do. You know, and and nobody has the problems that I do. And everyone's making more money than I do. And why don't I have that car and that airplane and that house? And, and I'll give you a quick, a quick example, if I may. I had a guy call me for coaching, uh, and he said to me, James, I want to be more successful. I said, okay, you know, I can help you with that. Where are you successful right now? And he said, I'm not successful, James. That's why I'm calling you. I want to mm. be more successful. And I said, okay, I get it. Where are you successful right now? <laughs> He's like, James, you're not listening to me. Um, I'm not successful. That's why I need your help. And I said, okay, how's your daughter doing? Oh, she's great. She just got admitted to Brown. I said, okay, how's your health? Oh, it's, it's really good. I've never felt better. Okay, how's your relationship? You know, my wife and I just kind of took our relationship to a deeper level. We're really communicating. And then he stopped, and I was quiet. Mm. And he goes, okay, 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 I get it. 
He said, I get it, but you know, the guy down the street just got my dream car. He's driving a brand new seven series BMW and he just made a, had a big raise and he's making, you know, $50,000 more a year than I am. And I said, how's his health? And he said, oh God, he had a heart attack last year. And I said, how's his relationship? Well, not real good. He's going through a nasty divorce. And I said, who's more successful? And, and so, you know, mm. the point is, is that, you know, if you look at Marty, Martin Seligman's work on positive psychology and optimism, yeah. Yeah. That, that optimistic people have three specific qualities. They look at things as specific. In other words, okay, I'm not successful in my money by my own measures right now, but that doesn't mean I'm not successful in my relationships and with my daughter and with my wife, right? Or I don't have the car I want, but that's specific. Whereas pessimistic people tend to tend to universalize or generalize everything. I'm not successful at all. You follow? And then, Yeah, I totally and, follow. And then uh, optimistic people define things as temporary. You know, whereas pessimistic people define it as permanent. So for me, you know, if you roll back the clock 2013 and I came out of, out of prison and mm-hmm. I was literally homeless, I was 55, I was in very poor health, I had extreme periodontal disease, I, was, I looked gray if you saw any of the pictures, I was $20 million in debt. As hard as it was, and I'm not saying it was easy, and I'm not saying I was perfect at it. I wasn't. But I really fought the good fight of saying this is a temporary setback. This is temporary. This is now. It's not forever. Whereas a pessimist will tend to say, I'm done. This is forever. It's never going to be any different. And then the third thing with Seligman's research of optimism is that the optimist tends to make it not personal. So the pessimist goes in for a job interview and gets <laughs> denied. Right. He or she walks out and goes, I suck at interviews. I'm terrible. This, you know, nobody loves me and nobody respects me. Whereas the optimist goes, I was not good in that interview. It, it, maybe it was the interviewer. You know, maybe it wasn't the right company. So, again, if you hear in that languaging, it's temporary, it's that interview, and it's not personal. I don't suck at every interview. I just maybe, you know, didn't do my best at that one. Now, the point in all this, and as, as it deals with depression and mental illness and all of these things, is that Seligman's work proves that these things can be learned. They're not taught in traditional school, but optimists outperform pessimists 10 to 1. Even, even stupid optimists, and when I say, you know, some yeah. people are stupid optimistic where they, yeah. where they do crazy things. I mean, mm-hmm. Elon Musk could be considered a stupid optimist mm-hmm. when he put all $180 million of his money that he made from PayPal into SpaceX and Tesla and Solar City. but, mm-hmm. you know, look at mm-hmm. him now. Yeah, so, boy. Anyway, yeah, right. So, 
hopefully that's helpful to you to the listener today well, because it, if yeah. you can start to condition those things then it's like a muscle and you build new neurological connections and those neurons wire together and the muscle gets stronger and it becomes more habituated well and i think that you know it's really clear too that you know we're looking at uh and for those of you that are uh, sending me messages about this you know where is this data coming from it's the cdc the centers for disease control uh, disease control uh they have put out a report from uh uh, 1999 through 2016. So it doesn't it doesn't really contain the latest information uh, that we were referencing through here. Uh, but one of the things too is it totally makes sense. The other thing that we have to really move beyond is some of the mythology we have around you know folks that take their lives, uh, and the mythology is statistics are not showing this anymore, that a lot of this is going on in the big cities, right? A lot of this going on, that's not what this is going on. I mean, Montana experienced the highest increase in suicide rates, 58%. The entire northern central part of the country, pretty much. Uh, Every state in the United States is up except one. One. And I could tell you, I have a friend that lives there. This guy is happy. Nevada. Uh, they actually had a decrease. And so, you know, the, 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 the ideas around this are changing. So we cannot put everybody in a box uh, around this. But James, it does go back to something you said. Life happens. And when we have stresses in life that happen, relationships and other things of that nature, job loss, these are signs that maybe there's something that one should do to seek out help for it and not underplay the effect of some of these events in life. Because by the way, 54% of these folks which come up in the research uh, they have found not to have any previous mental health issues, right? So how important is it to seek out help on things that maybe our parents said, just suck it up and move on? <laughs> well, I, I think it's vitally important. And as as you know, I said earlier, for the listener who's just joining, I said earlier, I knew when I came out of of prison and, and, you know, in the midst of crisis in 2013, that I needed someone to help me process and integrate. And even though that's the things that I do, and I, and I think it takes a tremendous amount of courage to acknowledge that. I mean, yeah. recognition is the first yeah. law of learning and transformation. And mm. what I would also like to go, go into a little bit is that there's a variety of ways to seek help. I mean, the, the latest research is telling us that the the health of your microbiome affects your mm. cognitive abilities, and that's that's simply the bacteria in your gut. And yeah. you know, some of the most leading edge research is telling us that it's our diet, and and that potentially antibiotics is contributing to a large degree of mental problems because. Mm-hmm. We have we don't have the right the right amount of, of 
microbes in our gut, and there are neurological connections in the gut. Science has proven this. In fact, more than there are in the brain. There's, there's neurological connections in the heart as well. And I'm not going to spin off into that, but we need to seek help for the holistic human. And yeah. that's, you know, you mentioned how do we thrive. I, I think yeah. there are three things yeah. that we have to focus on as individuals to thrive in this, in this Mach 10 market in this disruptive world in which we live. Number one is health. We have to look at how to be healthy and vibrant. Research from Harvard proves that heavy supplementation, which, by the way, is absolutely necessary. You cannot get enough nutrients uh, in today's world with all the chemicals and all the, you know, pesticides, everything else that are put, even on, even if you're eating, you know, organic, which I do my best to do mm-hmm. when I'm yeah. at home. Uh, you can't get enough nutrients without supplementation. And Harvard proves that heavy supplementation can extend lifespan by seven years. Vibrant life, all right? So that's a good ROI. Um, research from Emory, Harvard, and other places prove that weightlifting is, is vital, vital to health and longevity, not mm-hmm. running. You know, the old paradigm was, you know, do cardio and run, you know, and what the the latest research proves is that people who who do a lot of cardio and run get more diseases Mm -hmm. because it creates so much toxins in the body, whereas weightlifters get less. Mm -hmm. Muscles are meant to be used. So number one is health and vitality, and there's a lot of exciting research, um, Pat, in that arena around the fact you know, we're we're just moments away, if not already there, mm-hmm. to being able to 3D print a liver, you know, yeah, in, the, in the comfort of our living room. Yeah. I mean, James, I hope you'll come back and we'll, so we, you and I can do an entire show on thriving, you know. I, I would love to do that. Beyond I would the love pain, to do that. beyond the defeat, all of the above leads to what? It leads to a life you truly love. James Arthur Ray, everyone. James, I hope you'll come back. And I'm going to get on it right away. Thank you so much for today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, my gosh. Benny, thank you. And to all of you out there, remember this from me. Life is not one of those things that shows up from moment to moment. It's a journey that you get to orchestrate through your spiritual practice, through your desire, and certainly your imagination. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.